everybody. Welcome to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. I'm Michelle, and I'm not actually sure why I'm introducing this episode because this is kind of Suzanne's baby. So maybe I'll bring Suzanne in and she can introduce it. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Michelle. Yes, I'm so excited about our episode today. We are talking everything books. As you know, I am a passionate reader and I love talking about books. I know that you love to read too. I don't think you're as passionate as I am about it, but I think we're going to have a great conversation. I think so. And I'm just wondering, are you going to get off on any tangents today? Don't I always? (laughs) I mean, I never think you do. Can I talk ever without getting off on a tangent? No, I always go off on my own direction, but that's okay. Yeah, that's what makes the whole thing fun. So I guess the next question I would have for you is, were you able to sleep last night with this anticipation of this episode coming up? Well, I'll tell you, a mutual friend of ours had texted me and said, hey, I'm headed out, leaving on a trip. Can you send me some good book recommendations? So that got me inspired. I was going through my books, although most of my books are in Alaska. I still have a pretty good collection of books here. And I was getting expired and I started writing down books. And once I get them all written down so I don't forget them, I sleep like a baby. (laughs) And so I was up late doing that. I was going through book lists and looking at all my books and uh, I'm so happy. And then I woke up with a smile on my face because it's like, oh, we get to talk books today. Yes, it's always good to wake up with a smile on your face. And I have to say, I'm very impressed. You came up with some great categories for books. Yeah, I think they're kind of fun. I wanted to stay away from this, you know, the standard categories like, oh, best fiction, best nonfiction. I think that some of them are a little more interesting than that, but we'll see. Oh, they definitely are. I had to think about them. And I'd like to use the excuse that most of my books are in Anchorage, which really they are, but I don't have the library that you have. So it'll be interesting to hear your perspective. Yes. And I just want to just talk about my library, the house that we own in Anchorage. We, when we bought that house, it had at the top of the staircase, a huge landing. And in that landing, there were built in bookshelves all on three of the four walls in that landing. And the house needed a lot of work when we bought it and we completely remodeled it. But I fell in love with that house when I saw the the library <laughs> at the top of the stairs where I could put all of my books. So you're kind of like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, you know, that's a reference point that I really don't have the answer to because I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast in about 20 years, but I'll go with yes. Well, there's a whole introduction song about her having her nose in a book. And then when she <laughs> goes to the Beast's home, there's this huge library and she's just inspired. So That's the reference. That's the reference. You'll have to go watch the movie. I will. And we are going to talk about our favorite movies in another episode. Yes, we definitely are. So one thing I think is very interesting about our different reading styles is you are a very adventurous reader. You will go into any topic and you will learn and be inspired by it, where as I'm more comfortable with certain genres. And I have so little time to read that when I pick up a book, I kind of like the comfort of knowing it's in a genre that I enjoy. Well, and I have a couple things to say about that. First of all, I have to credit my sister-in-law for the fact that I am an adventurous reader because we, she started a book club and I think it's been at least 30 years. We had the same core group of women in our book club And her one criteria when she started the book club was every month, we have to pick a different genre of book to read so that we're not always reading the same type of book. And I'm not going to lie, at the time I was like, eh, you know, I don't know if I want to do that. But it really expanded my horizons very quickly. And so in the and now 30 years later, the collection of books that I have read is incredible but it's because of my book club. I don't think I would have stepped out of my comfort zone had it not been for my book club. And you know what I got from my book club? A hangover. (laughs) (laughs) Or a love of champagne. That's what I was going to say. Because 
my book club is actually called Book Club Light. And the reason we do that is because reading is optional. It's just really what we always called it. And of course, our husbands are like, yeah, wine club, <laughs> dinner club, conversation yeah. club. Well, and let's be clear, my book club is just like that. We drink a lot of wine and we get together once a month. If you think about it, for 30 years we've been doing this. I hope my book club is listening because they're all going to be saying the same. Wow, has it really been that long? But it has. Is that like 1,200 books? Oh, my God. Oh, and this is what's so funny. We spent a weekend together. This was several years ago in Soldovia, where my sister-in-law has a cabin in Alaska. and we do this every year. And we went over to her neighbors and her neighbor said, so what books have you guys read in your book club? Now, at that point, we had been together for like 15, 20 years. <laughs> Not one of us could come up with a title of a book that we had read, actually read <laughs> in our book club. It was so embarrassing because we all were kind of like tongue tied, like, uh, and she laughed at us and she said, Not really a book club then. So then we went back to the cabin. And we sat down and we came up with a list and it wasn't a complete list. But yeah, I would say we have hundreds of books on our list that we have read. Yeah, I was a little off. I had to get out my calculator. I said 1,200 and my calculator says 360. Oh. <laughs> I was way off my multiplication in my head. What was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we usually only get together once in the summer. So you have to knock off two months out of the year for that. So it's really only 10 books a year, but for 30 years, still 300 books. So yeah, well, you see why I'm not in math club now. And we were able to come up with a pretty comprehensive list of the books we read. It was just when we were put on the spot. Yeah, it was a little embarrassing. And I'm not going to share all 300 of those books with you today, but I am going to share my highlights because I love my books. So where did your love of reading start? I don't really know because as a child, I was not a reader. My mom, well, both of my parents were voracious readers and my mom used to love to read to us when we were kids. So I always enjoyed that, but I didn't really love reading as a kid. When I was in high school, I hated reading because usually the books were assigned books from my classes, which I hated. <laughs> there are several that come to mind, like 1984, like Animal Farm, The Iliad, you know, books that are just like, oh my God, I can't read another page of this book. And I know these are classic, you know, must read books now as an adult looking back. It's like, yes, but it's <laughs> in high school. It's like, hell no, I'm not reading this crap. And then college was like that. Everything was assigned. And I just, I just did not love reading. So I don't really know when reading became like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing on earth to me. But it was probably early in my early 20s. What about you? Well, I guess my love of reading goes back to being read to. My parents love to read stories to me. So I loved hearing them and interacting with my parents. So that was a huge part of my childhood. And as I got older, I discovered my own series, such as Sweet Valley High. Mm, oh, yes. <laughs> That's probably the quintessential book series for people in my age range. I love that series. Every month, I would save up my money to go get a new book. And then after that, I think it was B.C. Andrews. And then it just kind of expanded from that. And how old were you when you started high school, you said? Yes, for Sweet Valley High and high school. And before then, it was the Judy Bloom books or Little House on the Prairie, which I know you love that series. Yeah, that's one of those series, which I a reoccurring comment from me in this episode will be, I've read that hundreds of times. That's one of my go-to series. I loved Little House on the Prairie when I was in school. And, you know, and I'm thinking back, recalling, and there were certain books, like when you mentioned those series that you read in the authors that I clung to, Danielle Steele. Oh my gosh. I think there was a stretch in my college years where I think I read every Danielle Steele book there was. But for some reason in my mind, I didn't really consider that reading, but it really was. Mary Higgins Clark, who is a mystery suspense writer, I read every single one of her books for years. So I did have books that I loved. Loved, loved. 
And there was your transition right there when you said, I didn't consider that reading. That's where your transition happened. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a really good point. So do you have a book that stands out as the first book you read where you thought of yourself as a reader? Okay, so that wasn't my mic going out. I'm still here, Suzanne. I actually have to think about that one. I don't have a book that comes to mind where I felt like an actual reader. Interesting. I don't know if this book actually made me feel like a reader, but when I de- I do remember when I developed that love for reading, my family, my extended family, aunts, uncles, cousins, every year go to Lake Michigan. They still do this. We've been doing this for like 40, 50 years we spend a week at Lake Michigan in the summer. And one summer, a woman of substance, I think that was by Barbara Taylor Bradford, was going around. <laughs> Everyone had this woman of substance. And I read that book. And oh, my goodness, I loved that book. And then the next summer, it was probably the only book I read that whole year. Then the next summer, the same group of people, we read Shell Seekers. And they're great beach books. They're long, they're epic, great storylines. And I think that's when I became a book lover. I have to laugh because when you were talking about that family and going there and you're like, when you said a woman of substance, I thought you meant one of your relatives. Oh, it was the book. (laughs) that (laughs) That was the title of the book. And it was Barbara Taylor Bradford is the author. And yeah, one of my first books that I read that I loved. Loved, loved, loved. I just have to say, when I felt like I was a true reader was later when our book club formed, one of the genres was classics, and we chose Wuthering Heights. And I probably had to read Wuthering Heights in high school, but probably just chose to read the Cliff Notes. So I never really got Wuthering Heights. But when I was able to power through and read Wuthering Heights and then love it, that's when I felt like a true reader. So I do have a book that made me feel like a reader. Right. And I guess when you put it in that context, I would say the book that made me feel like a true reader would be Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell, because it was so thick. (laughs) It was probably the longest book at that time I had ever read. And I loved it. And I had to Uh, go watch the movie after I read the book. Yes. And If you were going to ask me what my all-time favorite book that I've ever read is, it would have to be Gone with the Wind. And that's a book, I will say it, I've probably read a hundred times. And that's an exaggeration because it is such a long book. But I have probably read it 10 times in my life. And I love that book. It's wonderful. I have to, I have to agree. I can't disagree with you on that, but I'm sure you're going to be disagreeing with me on some of these books as we move forward or laughing at me. I'm hoping we can still be friends after this episode. Of course we can. You'll be saying the same thing to me about my books. I almost wasn't going to admit to Little House on the Prairie, even though that's a wonderful series. I wasn't even going to admit to that being one of my top 10 favorite books, but it was a whole series, but I love Little House on the Prairie. Should we jump into your questions? Yeah, well, but first I just want to say, because I've given away my all-time favorite book. So would you make Gone with the Wind your all-time favorite book? Or what is your all-time favorite book? Well, you're jumping the gun here a little bit, Suzanne, because if I give you my all-time favorite book, you're going to know my favorite fictional character, which is our first topic. Okay. (laughs) Well, okay. Our, Our favorite fictional couples. That's what our first topic is. Okay. But first, I have to interject here because I want to give you my definition of what a good book is to me. And my sister in law and I were driving to Lake Michigan one year. And we were talking about our favorite movies. And she said, what makes a movie a good movie to you? And I said, I don't know. And she said, it's one that sticks with you and changes you in some way. And I said to her, I could say that about books too. It's something that sticks with you and changes you in some way. So I just wanted to put my definition out there because I will probably come back to that as we talk about our categories. Okay, that's fair. And I love that definition of it or that personal meaning for you. Yep. So, okay, so now we can forge ahead. Okay, and these are all your categories. (laughs) Okay. 
except for one. I added one. And we can start with that one if you want, or we can end with it. Wherever you want to put it. Okay, well, I'll just put it here. My category is the one book you will not find on Suzanne's reading list. (laughs) And I chose Fifty Shades of Grey. (laughs) Oh, that's a really good choice. And I could say that. But what's so funny about that is when I was with my book club in Soldovia, probably the same year, maybe a different year, and it's like a huge slumber party. You know, we spend two nights and in the middle of the night, one of the women in my book club picked up Fifty Shades of Grey and read it out loud to us. (laughs) That was after several bottles of wine. So I technically have not read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I have listened to Fifty Shades of Grey. Wow. You guys get a little wild. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing hysterically. We laughed hysterically all the way through the book. Yeah, you can just imagine all of these 50-year-old plus women lying in our sleeping bags on the floor in the middle of the night, drinking wine and listening to one of us read Fifty Shades of Grey out loud. It was hysterical. So Okay, well, I've learned two things in the last two minutes. Is A, you heard Fifty Shades of Grey, and the second one I never thought I would hear, you slept in a sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah, well, in all honesty, I don't think I would sit in a sleeping bag. I probably brought my own blanket and pillow because I don't sleep in sleeping bags. <laughs> so Okay, that sounds more like the Suzanne I know and love. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Suzanne, let's get on this list. What was your first category, which I think I already shared? My favorite fictional couple. Yes, I love that one. Yeah, and um, do you want to answer yours first or or do you want to hear mine? I can answer it first because I'm going to give you a little quiz. I'm going to read a quote from the book and I'm going to see if you can tell me what fictional couple this is. Okay, well, that's (laughs) that's good, but I'm the wrong person for this game. I have another friend, Carrie, who she kills this. She could name any book based on a quote. I couldn't remember the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. You'll know this one. (laughs) You'll know this one. I promise you. Okay. So the quote from this book is, you are too generous to trifle with me. If your feelings are still what they were last April, tell me so at once. My affections and wishes are unchanged, but one word from you will silence me on the subject forever. Okay. You put me on the spot. Yeah. It's like Beauty and the Beast. I have no idea. Okay, well, that it would actually be a quote made by Mr. Darcy to oh. Elizabeth Bennett in the book Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Oh. How did you miss that one? I told because you I'm telling book. you, you take a, it's like, okay, here's one of the tangents I'm getting off of. And it is one of my favorite books as well, Pride and Prejudice. But it's like when you see a movie star out of context when you're walking down the street, and I would never recognize a movie star out of context. If I crossed paths with someone, I mean, it could be Donald Trump and I would not recognize him out of context. And that's the way I am with quotes. If you take, if you pull a quote out of a book (laughs) out of context, I couldn't tell you what book it was from to save my life. I could have guessed I would have not said Pride and Prejudice, but that's because I can't, my mind doesn't think like that. Well, it had the word trifle in there. I so know. I thought maybe you would be like, I would have caught it. In. I would have caught it. But, anyways, my very favorite book. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice is absolutely one of my favorite books. I have to agree. But so, my favorite fictional couple would be Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett. How about yours? Okay. And I can't remember the characters' names in my book. It's like you're going to think, okay, this girl doesn't really even ever read because I don't remember character names. I don't remember quotes, but I'm already thinking that (laughs) my favorite. I think you put them out there for a show. (laughs) I do. I do. Oh, that's another thing about reading that I have to tell you. But first I'm going to answer my favorite fictional character. Couple character is the couple in the notebook by Nicholas Sparks. Yes, that's Noah. And I can't think of her name. I can't believe you can remember those names. But I mean, that couple in that book, (laughs) just, uh, and there was a movie about that book. James Gardner starred in it as the older version of the couple. Uh, The last scene in that movie 
which is a similar scene in the book, makes that my favorite fictional couple. So Allie Hamilton and Noah Calhoun. Oh, God. Did you just Google that? I did. (laughs) But I did pull up Noah on my own. Well, good for you. Yes, I agree. I love that couple. And I love that book also. So good choice for favorite fictional couple. Yeah, not as impressive as Pride and Prejudice, but still good. So who would you say is your favorite real life couple? Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. Oh my gosh, I almost said that too. Which brings me to my favorite biography, which I'm a biography reader, so this was a tough one, which would be Elizabeth the Queen by Sally Bedell Smith. Fabulous book about Queen Elizabeth. I want to read that. And the only reason I didn't put them as my favorite couple is because I was recalling them from The Crown and hadn't read the biography. So I didn't think I could use them. Yeah, best couple ever. So, but who is your real life couple? Oh, I love this couple. And my favorite real life couple that I've read about is Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Oh, that's a good one too. Yes, I actually read their story a little bit about it in Killing Reagan by Bill O'Reilly. But I know there's a book out there called I Love You, Ronnie by Nancy Reagan that shares a little bit more of their story and maybe some of their love letters too. So that is on my list to read. But I do love their relationship. Well, and you know what's interesting about that is when I came up with that category, I had another couple in mind besides Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip. And I'll tell you who it is in a minute. But I went to the Reagan Library back when my my daughter went to school in Southern California, I don't know, 20 years ago. And we went to the Reagan Library. And the love letters that Nancy wrote, Ronald Reagan and Ronald Reagan wrote Nancy, are in that library. And I probably spent two hours reading those letters. And they had a true, true love affair. They sure did. So that makes me want to go to California. So are you in for that visit again to the Reagan Library? Yes, except I think it was in danger. I'm sure they saved it. But a couple of years ago, there was a huge fire. Oh, that's right. And I don't know what if the library survived. I'm sure it did. I'm sure they it survived and they have since repaired it. But I know that a fire swept through there a few years ago. But the couple that I had been thinking about when I came up with that question was John and Abigail Adams. There is a book, John Adams, is it by Doris Kearns Goodwin? Or I can't remember who the author is, or if it's David McCullough, but there's a biography about John Adams and the relationship between Abigail and John. Oh my gosh, love, love, love that couple. And I remember you talking about them a couple of years ago when you were reading the book. Yes, I mean, they had such a love affair. And I think this goes back to the Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan relationship, although it was more modern day. But in those years, people communicated by writing love letters to each other. You know, they would write a letter to each other and either have, when they were separated, mail it. So each would receive these letters weeks later. And there's something so, in my mind, so romantic about those types of relationships. Absolutely. I'm wondering, do you? send Jeff letters sometimes through the mail? Um, No. (laughs) I already knew the answer. Yeah. That was funny. (laughs) Although, although, and he is not a writer, but when we were, when I was in college and we were dating, he used to send me little notes when I was in college and I did save them. I have all of them and they're very short, sweet notes, but I do still have them. My mom and dad somewhere have their love notes too while they were apart. So maybe someday we'll get to read them, but maybe they're personal and they don't want us to. I'll have to ask them. Yeah, because wouldn't you love to read those? Well, they are my parents, so as long as they're PG. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so favorite real life couples for you, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip for me, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan. And then your runner up was John and. Abigail. Abigail? Yep. Adams. All good choices, I think. I think so, too. Okay, so the next category you came up with was the favorite book that you've read more than 10 times. Yeah, well, that has to be Gone with the Wind, which I kind of gave that away earlier. Right, and I'm really impressed with you because you have 
adult books that you've read more than 10 times. On my list, I have all children's books, with the first one being Goodnight, Sweet Bear by Michelle Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I have read that one. I read and edited that one more than 10 times. Well, I know, and that doesn't really count, but I've read that one 10 times, and I love that book. And followed by that, I do actually have, again, more children's books, uh, The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein and I Love You Forever by Robert Munch. But as an adult, I don't typically read a book more than once. Yeah, I don't typically unless it's one of my truly favorite books. And if I have nothing else to read, I revisit it. And it usually takes me a couple of years to come back to a book and reread it. So if you think about Gone with the Wind, yeah, I, I read it every couple of years. It's such a great book. And I may have started that one a, a second time. I, I think I did start it a second time, but I don't think I made it all the way through. Yeah. And, you know, there was one time when I was reading it and I had read it in several years. I was with my book club and I had gotten about three quarters of the way through and I had actually kind of forgotten the last quarter of the book. And I said to someone in my book club, you know, I I'm feel like I'm done with this book. And she's like, you're going to miss the best part. <laughs> and so then I finished it. It's like, God, how did I forget that? But I swear. So I have to interrupt here. And there are a couple things I want to talk about, just bring up. First of all, your style of reading, because this is very interesting. When my mom picks up a book, and again, my mom, voracious reader, she's probably read three times as many books as I have. She reads the first page, and then she reads the last page of a book. And when she told me that, I was horrified, horrified. It's like, how can you read the last page of a book and then start over and read the whole book? How do you, have you ever read a book other than reading it from the front page to the back page? Okay. I will start a book with the intention of not reading the last page. But sometimes I get anxiety reading stories. You know, they have their miscommunications and something bad happens. So I want to know if they end up together because I usually read romance novels or (laughs) something about couples. So I would say eight out of 10 times, I might peek at the back of the book somewhere during the story, not the day I started. Yeah. And see, the thing is, is that you refer to it as peeking at the back of the book. My mom unabashedly reads the last page first, and then she reads the book. And that to me is the most bizarre way to read a book. But what's so remarkable about that is I have told that to a lot of people. And she's not the only one that does that. I have other friends who read like that, where they read the last page first, and then they read the rest of the book. And I actually have to say, I've done it a couple times, and I actually really liked doing it that way, but I can't bring myself to do it on a regular basis. Okay, well, since you've done it, then you can't judge other people for doing it. Well, I've only done it because I've heard of so many other people doing it. Yeah, but I was very judgmental of my mom when she told me that. It's like, I couldn't understand it. I didn't get it. It's like, how do you do that? But it's how she reads a book. Yeah, she probably told you to get over it. (laughs) She did. She said, I'll read my book any way I want to. And she has that right. (laughs) But the other thing I wanted to bring up about reading books is I love to read, but I'm a very finicky reader. And I give a book three chapters. And if I'm not enthralled with that book in three chapters, I close it and I never read it. So I'm just saying there are a lot of books that I have started that I have not finished because if I don't like it after the third chapter, I I figure, "Mm, yeah, probably never going to like it. And I already know the answer to this question, but the listeners don't. Are you a paper book person or electronic book person? The hands down paper. And I'll tell you why. (laughs) Because because I'm sure you want to know. When iPads or Kindle books first came out, I think you were with me in Hawaii and I wanted to read my book by the pool but you can't read your book by the pool because there's a glare. And this has changed, I know, but you can't read your book because of the glare on the screen. And then when the sun is beating down on the screen, you get a message that says the screen is too hot and you have to put it away for a while. And then if you try to read at night and the screen is lit, then little gnats come and fly and they land on the screen. 
And then you use your finger to brush the gnat away and it turns the page and then you get lost. And then you have to go back and try to find the page you were on because of the gnat hitting the screen. I do not read any books on Kindle. That's a lot of drama involved (laughs) in you trying to read a Kindle. (laughs) I know. know. Well, and the reality is I love my books. I love referring back to characters in a book and I can't do that easily on a Kindle or on not just Kindle, but any electronic tablet. Yeah, I just, I love my books. What about you? I prefer paper books, but when I can't get them quickly, I will do electronic. Yeah, well, and (laughs) I'm not going to lie, and you know this too, I've been on a lot of trips with you where I have brought like 10 books, and books are heavy to carry. And yeah, at some point, you got to compromise when you only have to carry a little tablet and you can have 10 books on your tablet. It's a lot easier than carrying 10 paper books. Especially when there's a potential you're only going to read like the first three chapters. (laughs) Right? Yeah. A lot of wasted space in the suitcase. Well, if I only read three chapters and I don't like the book, it's not coming home with me. You know, it's going in the trash can. I don't mess around. It's like, "Mm, no, done. Or if I'm at home, I donate them. I always donate my books because it's like, I know someone's going to like the book. But if I'm on a trip, no, that book goes in the trash. I'm not carrying it. <laughs> so. That's a good, a good philosophy there. At least okay. uh, your space open for things to come back home with you. Other things like shopping excursion things. Right, exactly. But yes, I realized that I have to get, again, taken us off on another tangent. So come back, bring us back to our categories so we can continue with our book. I bring you back to your next category, which was your favorite surprise book. Well, and this book, the reason it was a surprise to me is I was talking to my sister-in-law one summer and I said, are you reading any good books? And she says, yes, I'm reading A Time in Between. And I said, oh, that's so weird. I have that book on my shelf and I just threw it in a pile to give away. Maybe I'll give it a shot and I'll read it. And then she talked a little bit about the main character of her book. So I picked up this book and it actually sucked me in right away. And I loved this book, but I kept waiting for this main character and the main character never made it. So, you know, and I saw it was like a third of the way through the book and it was a, it was like a gone with the wind size book. That's how big the book was. But it's like, I loved this book, but I called her and I said, Julie, I haven't met the main character yet of this book. And she said, it's because you're reading the wrong book. Her book title was A Time Between. My book title was A Time In Between. And this book is based, I believe it starts in Spain. The main character gets involved with a shady man. They move to Morocco. He dumps her and leaves her high and dry in Morocco. She has no money. She has to create a life for herself. It's set in during World War II. She becomes a dressmaker to get herself out of debt so she can get out of the country. As a dressmaker, she designs dresses for Nazi soldiers' wives, and she becomes a spy. (laughs) It's a great book. No, it sounds like it was um, serendipitous the way that you found it. It was a pleasant surprise that you thought you were reading something else that your sister-in-law had recommended, and it was something completely different. Yep, and it was a great book. And it's up they're in my top 10 favorite books. Wow, that says something. I know. So what about you? Do you have a, a surprise book? Well, when I was thinking of surprise books, I didn't know if you meant one that I was pleasantly surprised I found or one that there was a surprise in the book where it made me think. And so I went with the second category, a book I read that I loved and I was going one way, had no idea how it was going to end and it threw me, which doesn't often happen. And I didn't read the last page of this one was My Sister's Keeper by Jodi Picoult. Oh, yeah. Which reminds me, in an earlier episode, the our Alaska episode, we were talking about the Alaska and the Great Alone. And I said in that episode, The Great Alone by Jodi Picoult. It wasn't by Jodi Picoult. It was by Kristen Hanna. And I knew that when I was saying it out loud and I forgot to correct it. So I'm correcting it now. But anyway, Jody Picoult is a favorite author of mine. So to sum it up, 
My favorite surprise book, just because I didn't see the ending coming, was My Sister's Keeper. Well, and that reminds me, before we go on to the next category, my favorite surprise book in that sense was Jojo Moy's Me Before You, because I spent the whole book trying to decide which direction that one was going to go in the ending without giving it away. It did not go the way I thought it was going to go. And I would agree with you on that. And that was another one I had considered for that category. Great book. Loved it. So the next category on the list is books that made you feel accomplished. Well, Wuthering Heights, which I already, I kind of gave that one away. And I'll tell you why. Because there is addiction in how it's written. It was very difficult for me to pick up the rhythm of the story because of the diction of how it was written, if you get what I'm saying. And when I got into the rhythm of the book, I no longer recognized the diction. It's like I got so caught up in the book that I didn't even realize I was reading it. I got so caught up and I felt very accomplished when it ended because it's like, wow. I forgot about the diction because I got so caught up in it. What about you? That was a little bit of a hard category for me, and I really had to think about it. And I guess I would say the first book I felt very accomplished after I finished reading was a school-assigned book, and that was To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee. It was just different than anything I'd ever read before, everything behind it, the story. So it was very eye-opening. To me. And so that is a book I remember and feeling accomplished after reading it. And it is, I, I really like that book. Yeah, that was a great book. And, you know, I didn't read that book until I read the book about Harper Lee. Then I thought, oh, I really need to read that book. And I did. And it was a great, oh, again, great book. There are so many great books in this world. There sure are. So that brings me to the next category books that made you laugh out loud. Okay. And I think I already told you this before we started recording. That's the one category that I cannot think of a book that made me laugh out loud. And there have been several. And what's so ironic about that is I'm not a laugh out loud person when I'm reading. So if I'm reading a book that's making me laugh out loud, it's a really good book. And I can't believe for the life of me that I cannot come up with the few books in my life that I've read that have made me laugh out loud. What about you? Have you ever heard about the story called Confessions of a Shopaholic? I have heard of that. Although I don't think I read, I don't think I've ever read that book. Her approach to spending money, the reasons she puts out there or excuses for why she has to buy something <laughs> had me in hysterics. So uh, the main character in that is Rebecca Bloomwood. And her, he becomes her husband in it. It's a series. Right. He becomes her husband later on, Luke Brandon. He's a finance guy. So it kind of <laughs> parallels my <laughs> life with my own husband. And I just laughed out loud with her excuses. It, they were so funny. Oh, I'm going to have to read that book. I've seen it a thousand times and I've never picked it up. I'm going to have to read that one. Yes. And it's much better than the, the movie version of it. But um, yes, Confessions of a Shopaholic by Sophie Kinsella. You'll love it. I hope it makes you laugh out loud. You'll have to read it and then share with us if it does. Definitely. Okay, so there are there any books that you are embarrassed to admit that you loved? Yes, anything Danielle Steele, which really I shouldn't be embarrassed about. She's a great author, but she has a formula for books. She can crank them out. She has a thousand books, and I've read a lot of them, and I always loved a good Danielle Steele book, but... I'm a little apologetic about that. And I shouldn't be because she's a great author. Well, it was a guilty pleasure for you. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the book series, actually, that I would probably say I'm most embarrassed to admit that I read as an adult, I'll remind all of you that I had four boys. So this wasn't a series that they had any interests in, but I might have used them as an excuse once in a while, like, oh, well, you know, this is popular. Yeah. This is popular fiction right now. And all the kids are reading it. But I had boys. They didn't read it. The Twilight series. Oh. I love the Twilight series. And, you know, there are so many people who love that series. And I have not read it. That it's a genre that I don't 
really enjoy. But I I know so many people who love that series. And it's really not a genre that's up my alley either. But I had heard so much about it from other people that I was like, I'm going to read it. And I read the series in a very short amount of time. Because by the time I was introduced to it, all the books were out and I was addicted and it would haunt my dreams. <laughs> I tell you, embarrassed to say I loved it, but I loved it. Yeah. Okay. And this is another sign of a passionate reader. And this has happened to me where currently I don't do it. I will get back to it. But I used to read the last, I made myself read 15 minutes before I went to sleep every single night. And a lot of times that 15 minutes turns into two hours right before I fall asleep. And what happens is then I dream that I'm a character in the book. Has that ever happened to you? Yes, with Twilight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that is one of those things that is so incredible that your mind can go there in your dreams, that your dreams are so real and vivid, but you have been become a character in a book that you're reading. I think that's so cool. That is so cool. I I agree with you on that. Our next topic is our favorite go-to author. Do you have one? Um, I, of course I have several. (laughs) I mean, top three, top three. Okay. I have Kristen Hanna because she, she has a wide variety of books and I enjoy every single one of her books. David McCullough, he is a history writer. Love his books. I'm trying to get a different genre writer. So I'll have to think about the third one because I have, I do, I have so many go-to authors. What about you? Well, I really like Jody Picoult, which we already talked about. I love those historical fictions. So Philippa Gregory, all of her stories about the royal family to include the Other Bowling Girl, The White Queen. She has several more. I love her books, Go-To Worthy. And then Emily Giffen. And she just writes these cute little books. Oh, yes, 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 yes. One of the titles is Something Borrowed, and then another book is Something Blue. So those three, I'm always happy after reading one of their, their stories. And I forgot to mention Ann Patchett. A lot of times when I'm talking about authors, I get Ann Patchett, who wrote uh, Bel Canto. I think she also wrote State of Wonder, which both are excellent books. I get her mixed up sometimes with Jodi Picoult, which I really shouldn't. But Ann Patchett is a fabulous writer. I've read all of her books, too. So there we go. There we go. So we have just a couple more categories. Now, for the next one, you can't say Fifty Shades of Grey because you had it read to you. <laughs> Right. I'm just kidding. You could say it if you wanted to. (laughs) What is your favorite smut book or smut author or how I like to say my favorite types of books? I have one and I cannot think of the author's name. It'll come to me. Um, So you go ahead. You answer that one. Well, I'll just answer it with authors. Back in the, the 90s when I had a lot of time to read. And again, I like those historical books. And they don't even have to be historical, like famous people, just that period of time back in London or Scotland. But I really enjoyed books by Judith McNaught and Julie Garwood when I had time to read before I had kids or in those early years of kids. And now I would say if I were to read a book that was romantic and fun, the Briggerton series, did I say that right? Yeah, I say Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Bridgerton series. Yes. 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 I didn't realize until I saw the show on Netflix that it is actually a whole series about different couples and their love stories. So I am starting those. Yeah, I know. Good choice. And I remember my smut author, although I don't know if smut is the right word to describe her, but Nora Roberts. I can pick that author up anytime and just enjoy her books. I don't know if I consider it smut, though. But No, that was maybe the wrong word to use. Um, <laughs> yeah. How about favorite romance? Okay, we'll go with more that. More than romance. Yeah. There's, more than romance, there's though. Definitely, there's smut. There's definitely smut. Yeah, I wouldn't want to read it to my parents. Right. Or to Rob or anybody else. I would just, it's a story I would like to enjoy just on my own. Yeah, exactly. 
a story that will make me blush on my own. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. So, okay. Well, the last category that I have on this list uh, is the worst movie adaptation of a book. I have this one hands down, Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy. Prince of Tides was one of those books in my early reading years that I loved, 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 loved. And so I was so excited when the movie came out. And the movie was nothing like the book. And I hated the movie. And I actually said to myself, I'm never going to see a movie based on a book again, because they chainsawed the movie. I've never read Prince of Tides or seen the movie, so I don't have anything to say about it. But to hear you speak so passionately about it, it must have been pretty bad. It was, in my opinion. But anyway, what about you? Oh, again, it's a hands down, no brainer, My Sister's Keeper by Jodi Picoult, because they changed the ending. Oh, right. A completely different ending than the book. And there was so much meaning in the book. And the message was so clear that when they changed it for the movie, I was like, no, no. I know. And I hate that when they do that. I never saw the movie, so I can't compare the two. But yeah, I hate that when they change the ending from what the book was. Right, right. So so those I, are all the categories I have today. But what were you going to say? Go ahead. Well, before we wrap this up, because like I have told you many times, I could talk about books for days. But there are a couple books that I just want to throw out there that we haven't talked about that stick out in my mind. These are books that go back to my definition of a good book that changed me in some way. And I'm not going to go through why it changed me or anything, but stuck with me and changed me in some way. And I know that you don't have to come up with this list because I already have this list in my head, but just for your reference. Okay. Okay. The Agony and the Ecstasy about Michelangelo, Ada Blackjack, which was an early read for me when our book club started. And it's a true story about a woman who went on an expedition in the Arctic Ocean and the ship got iced in and they had to live on a small island. And everyone who was in the expedition died except for Ada Blackjack. And she had to survive on this island in the Arctic Ocean for an entire winter until the ice thawed and they could rescue her. It's an incredible book. And Joy in the Morning by Betty Smith. Now, this is one of those books that I read a thousand times. It was one of the first books I read as a kid that I loved. What I didn't know about it is it was a sequel to A Tree Grows in Brooklyn because I never read A Tree Grows in Brooklyn as a child. I didn't read it until about 10 years ago. (laughs) And I discovered that Joy in the Morning is the sequel to A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. And A Tree Grows in Brooklyn is one of the most amazing books I've ever read. And then the only other one that I did not mention that gets honorable mention is 112263 by Stephen King, because I was, I've was i never been a Stephen King fan. And I read this book and it was a time travel book about JFK's assassination. Oh, it moved me. It was such a good book. So anyway, those are my books that I wanted to be sure to bring up that we really did. Oh, and not to, (laughs) yeah, I'm looking at my list. And let's not forget Wild by Cheryl Strayed, another book that was such a good book. Or The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. All three of her books I loved. So anyway, you've got to stop me because I- I, Yeah, I've got to jump in there. (laughs) Do you think that this- Enough, Suzanne, (laughs) enough. So do you think this episode on different books scratched that itch for you, scratched the surface of what you wanted to share with our listeners? It just got me started. And we're going to have to come back. We're going to have to have a follow-up episode, like, you know, maybe in six months and do a books part two, because yeah, I have books upon books upon books that I would love to talk about. And I have some great ones that never came up. I rushed through my the list of these books at the end that I wish we had time to talk about because they're such good books. I'm definitely up to revisiting this in a in a couple months, six months, something like that. And yeah. it also might inspire you or me to get our website up 
so we can put a list of your book up there. Yes, I know. And I do that on my personal Facebook page. Every three or four months, I put my reading list and I put my stack of books that I want to read for the next three months. And um, I could put that on our website. Yes, definitely. So I've loved this episode. I've loved hearing about the different um, stories that have touched your heart. And I hope we can still be friends after you heard my list, which is not quite <laughs> oh, as... Oh, you have a great list. Adventurous is your list, but... But you have a great list. I've enjoyed. Well, thank you very much. So I think as we wrap up, maybe I'll go read a story that makes me blush or something. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Yeah, no, I'll go. I'll go read or something. But I would love to say thank you to everybody for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed our views on books, especially Suzanne's. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, Suzanne. I don't know that I shared much knowledge. I just shared my love of books, which always makes me happy. Your passion of books. So with that shared, cheers, everyone. Till next week. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.